Welcome in to the Saturday edition of the Fun Astrology Podcast, October 8th, the date. I hope that you have a cup of coffee and ready to talk some financial stuff and some astrology that is affecting not only the markets, but also our lives. Every Saturday, we read, with permission and blessing of the author, Ray Merriman, the MMACycles.free newsletter published on said site. Ray has been doing this since the 1980s. He is a dean of financial astrology. Robert Glasscock knows him. <laughs> I mean, we are running in some good company here. So let's dive in because we obviously had a very busy week with sharp ups and sharp downs. And as he's been mentioning here, we've been talking. That is a Uranian signature if there ever was one. We always start with a couple of news articles. This one from foxbusiness.com yesterday. The article is entitled, U.S. Job Growth Slows in September with Just 263,000 Positions Added. U.S. job growth slowed for a second consecutive month in September, but hiring remained solid despite growing headwinds from higher interest rates, scorching hot inflation, and mounting recession fears. Employers added 263,000 jobs in September, the Labor Department said. That was slightly topping the 250,000 job forecast. It marks a deceleration from the 315,000 job gain in August and matches the lowest monthly gain since April 2021. The unemployment rate, meanwhile, unexpectedly dropped to 3.5%. And then also a quote from foxbusinessnews.com, this from Joe Biden. It says, Biden blames Russia and Saudi Arabia for raising gas prices. Maybe that's a typo. It should be rising gas prices. Here's the quote. <laughs> this is Biden. I was able to bring gasoline down well over $1.60, but it's inching up because of what the Russians and the Saudis just did. We'll talk about that after the newsletter. I think this is our biggest threat right now. One of our biggest threats is energy. Here's the newsletter from Ray Merriman. It was the biggest geocosmic confluence of the year, and it lived up to promise. We're referring to the Jupiter double semi-square to the final passage of the 45-year Saturn-Uranus square occurring between September 21st and 28th, 2022. Combined with the end of the six planets in retrograde, including our trickster Mercury, of last weekend, October 2nd. Now let me just pause here and let's paint a word picture because that was a lot of deep astrology. Okay, so we know that for the first 12 days of October, Saturn and Uranus have been in this square, 18 degrees Taurus for Uranus, 18 degrees Aquarius for Saturn. This is the fourth time they have been at the same degree. Three of them were last year, now this one. They don't kiss on the lips because the minutes don't line up, but the degrees do for 12 days. So that's through next Wednesday, then they begin to separate again. That's the 45-year cycle that he's been talking about, that we've been talking about. We've more than set the stage, if you've been listening to this podcast, for any length of time on that. Now, Jupiter at 2 degrees Aries, so almost ready in retrograde to cross back into Pisces, right there at that cusp, magnified energy. Jupiter 
is at a semi-square, 45-degree aspect to both Saturn and Uranus. All right? That's what he was saying. So, yes, it puts it at a midpoint position, amplifying the square. That's the key here. And, of course, these are released every Saturday, Friday night, Saturday morning. And since the last newsletter, Mercury went from retrograde to direct. Pluto does the same thing tonight. So two of these planets that were in retrograde just last weekend will no longer be. If you've been listening to Old Soul, New Soul with Robert, uh, we released an episode today where he talked about the same thing. It's on all the headlines now. It's not like, oh, we're hiding anything. This conversation of nu- you know, the nuclear threat. Pluto is turning direct. This is a very valid concern. But I just wanted to make sure that you understood that this Saturn-Uranus 18-degree square has Jupiter sitting right in the middle of it, amplifying that energy as these two planets move from retrograde back direct. All right, now back to the newsletter. Sorry, I just wanted to make sure that that was like really, really clear because that's key. The Dow Jones Industrial Average bottomed on September 30th, and the stock indices futures markets bottomed with the pre-market on Sunday, October 2nd. We had a rally this week. These were the lows of the year for many world stock markets so far, and multi-year lows in treasuries and currencies against the U.S. dollar. (laughs) More concern right there, but let's go on. A sharp spike rally began the new week for equities. Again, my comment here, if you listened last Saturday, we painted this very picture, a sharp spike up. However, equities topped out with the moon in Aquarius Wednesday. The Dow Jones Industrial Average, for example, rallied 1,739 points in three days. That's huge. Highs in the stock indices with the sun and moon both in air signs plus Venus, in its ruling sign of Libra, fit well. Amen. But then a sharp pullback commenced into the Pisces moon of Thursday and Friday, which also fits. But in both cases, the rally exceeded daily resistance, and the decline exceeded daily support, which demonstrates that the Mercury retrograde phenomena of fakeouts, even five days after its direct motion, is a force usually to be reckoned with. Again, that was discussed last weekend. Still, one has to be impressed with the fact that the recent decline from the high of September 13th to the low of October 3rd was almost an exact match to the time Mercury was in retrograde. One also has to be impressed that the new yearly lows occurred so close to the fourth and final 45-year Saturn-Uranus waning square aspects that took place with Jupiter making a double semi-square from the midpoint of each. Now the question is, will those lows hold? In other words, will it go lower or higher from here? All right, I'm going to pause again because I just want to make sure that we are understanding this because we are in some deep astro speak here. So basically, what he's saying is the market went down during Mercury retrograde, bottomed out. And the bottom out happened right there at the tightest point this year between Saturn and Uranus in that square. So it all just lined up perfectly, is what he was saying. Continuing. Last week was notable in crude oil, too, which soared to $93.26 on Friday. 
This was a 22.3% gain in less than two weeks following its primary cycle low of $76 and a quarter on September 26th, the exact day of the Sun-Jupiter opposition. And within the time band, when this column called for a major reversal as both the Sun and Venus opposed Jupiter and Neptune, the co-rulers of crude oil. That aspect happened the last two weeks of September. The correlation of geocosmic signatures to reversals in financial markets never ceases to amaze. That's how Ray said it. Thomas would say, you just can't make this stuff up, folks. <laughs> now, back to the rise in crude oil prices. This coincides with OPEC's decision to sharply cut back production, despite pleas from President Biden not to do so. The powers within OPEC do not want the U.S. making deals with Iran without their consent and involvement. Given that the U.S. Oh, gosh, I have so much we need to talk about here. Given that the U.S. oil reserves have been greatly depleted by the administration in an effort to bring down prices, this OPEC decision will have serious financial consequences for the U.S. consumer. Instead of refilling its reserves as expected at lower prices, the U.S. will now have to do so at higher prices, and their need to do so will only drive prices higher. This will not help the fight against inflation, in which President Biden was in the process of taking credit for bringing oil prices down. Now he must deal with the fact that his policies with regard to Iran and his need to replenish the depleted supplies at higher prices are going to sharply escalate energy prices as we head into the midterm elections. He is proving not to be a talented market timer. And we'll talk about that at the end. I've got some thoughts on that that just, um, I, energy to me has always been an important thing. My grandfather was in the oil business, oil field supply business, and it just was something I grew up with, having lived in Oklahoma, kind of know a little bit of something about. Okay, let's move on to the short-term geocosmics and longer-term thoughts about the market. Here's a news article from October 5th, Wednesday, from the New York Times about the protests in Iran. That's the context of this says the police claimed that Ms. Amini had collapsed suddenly from a heart attack during mandatory training on the hajib rules while in custody. But when a video and photo of her in the hospital in a coma with bruises on her face and blood dripping from her ear were shared online, they quickly went viral and provoked fury. After she died a few days later, the protests exploded into the largest mass demonstrations Iran has seen for years. But this was much more than anger over a tragic, scandalous death. The protests, led by women, have galvanized a broad swath of Iranian society to rise up in one of the most significant political movements that the Islamic Republic has seen since its founding in 1979. End quote. Now back to the commentary. He says, This is the season of Libra time when agreements and compromises are to be highlighted, especially given that Venus, the ruler of Libra, is also in its home sign. Normally, this is bullish for stocks, but not always for stocks, and bearish for silver. That is, we usually observe a crest in stocks and a trough in silver during the period of Venus in Libra. 
It remains to be seen if that will be the case this year, but there are a number of other geocosmic factors that could alter this pattern. For one, Pluto in Capricorn changes direction this weekend, October 8th, today, as we mentioned. Things are seldom lighthearted when Pluto is highlighted. In fact, they are more often closer to being morbid. Then, on October 19th and 20th, the Sun and Venus will form a hard, square aspect to Pluto. Then, October 23rd, the Sun and Venus will ingress both into Scorpio, the sign ruled by Pluto. More heaviness. On that same day, Saturn turns direct, which usually doesn't bring levity to the situation. We're going to need more humor. We know that Pluto and Scorpio pertain to the four Ds, downgrades, deficits, debt, and default. And attention to those topics will not make life more jovial headed into the November 8th midterm elections, which just happens to take place under a lunar eclipse in Scorpio and Taurus. But Pluto and Scorpio also pertain to protests and demands for reform also not a joyful combination. With Pluto highlighted in Capricorn, law and traditions are vulnerable to upheavals if they are seen as repressive or threatening to the will of the people. This is occurring in Iran right now, and with the heavy emphasis on Pluto, Scorpio, and backed by attention also on Saturn and its ruling sign of Capricorn, these protests have turned violent and have the possibility of leading to a coup or a revolution. Iran is not stable right now. There is another astrological correlation on what is happening in Iran and why these events are so timely. On Wednesday, October 12th, Mars will square Neptune at 23 degrees Gemini, Mars, and Pisces, Neptune. This will touch off the Mars square Neptune in both Iran and the United States charts, which are also posited between 20 and 25 degrees of mutable signs, forming a grand square that is being activated by the transit of the same two planets. This is big in the study of astrology. This does not bode well for these two nations coming to any kind of permanent agreement especially when you consider that on October 30th, my birthday, Mars will turn retrograde. Oh boy, oh boy, thank you, you're welcome. Still within these degrees, at 20 to 25 degree bandwidth in Gemini, where it comes back and forth in square to Neptune in March. So instead, it speaks to the possibility of confusion, misdirection, and perhaps deception. Insults can be hurled against one another with no basis in fact, undermined by the intent to arouse resentment and blame. So how can we make something positive out of such conflicting cosmic arrangements? Well, first, stand aside and mind one's own business. Don't get involved in something you can't understand under the false belief that you do. We don't. This is a hysteria aspect and one in which it is best advised not to meddle despite the demands to do so from others. You cannot win. Don't make promises and don't offer incentives that you can't deliver. 
be there to listen but not to interfere. For whoever gets involved gets lost as if in a house of mirrors at the carnival. Everything gets distorted, especially if one side gets angry. And in this case, both sides are angry and are apt to say things that offend the other. And because everything is taken personally, everything is seen as an offense. This is not a positive, but it may help to avoid an escalation of the negative. In terms of financial markets, these aspects are likely to keep attention on crude oil, probably driving prices higher and higher into October 28th through December 20th when Jupiter returns to Pisces. This is yet another indicator of rising inflation because energy prices are rising. Interestingly enough, October 13th, that's one day after the Mars-Neptune square, the CPI report comes out, the price index report, a major indicator of inflation. With Neptune highlighted, it may not be an accurate assessment of the real condition. The report will be based on prices before the recent surge in oil prices. More important to the broader market may be the events and reports that come out October 19th through 23rd with the Sun and Venus squaring Pluto and Saturn changing directions. And by the way, yesterday, October 7th, was Vladimir Putin's birthday. For some, that may be a cause for celebration. He turned 70. And that's probably a greater point for many to celebrate. He's getting old and acting like someone about to discover that the end of life can be like a shipwreck. Mars square Neptune. He needs to find a harbor, drop anchor, and try to peace out before he drowns and causes others to drown in the rising tide of his resentments and misjudgments, which is also symbolic of Mars Neptune losing control at the helm. That's the end of this week's newsletter. A little longer than normal, but I wanted to also add just a couple of comments. We'll keep these short. This energy situation, and I'm going to speak personal opinion here, and some of you may disagree with the thesis or the theory, and that's fine, but we are about to have an economic impact that's going to hit your pocket and mine, and that's what I'm most focused on. It also affects our national security, and that's something all of us should stop and pause to reflect on where are we going here. But look, I am all about cleaning up the environment. You know what the single biggest polluter in the world is? It's my automobile and yours. Nobody is turning in their car keys. And let me say this, electric cars. Well, number one, somebody tried to drive one from where I am in western North Carolina up to Boone on the Blue Ridge Parkway. It took three stops to recharge. You can't tow with them. You can't haul goods with them. So, yes, it's a great thought. It's not prime time ready, unless you want to stop three times to go a little over two hours. The mountains is what caused the problem for that vehicle. Batteries develop memory. I mean, just the whole thing. China holds all the lithium. Would that move us more toward independence or dependence? And they come from energy that is generated by either coal, natural gas, or nuclear. That infrastructure is not ready for each of us to have an electric car. And it may be electric, but it's also burning fossil fuels to run or nuclear. Now, with Saturn in Aquarius, Pluto heading into Aquarius, 
with new technology in the forefront for the next 20 years, maybe we will develop it. Maybe we'll build it out. Maybe we'll figure it out. But they have to be charged by free energy, which is solar or hydrogen or something else, in order for this to be completely clean. Right now, in all practicality, it is only shifting things from one fossil fuel source to another. Now, to that end, one of the first things that Joe Biden did as president was stop the production, the construction of the Keystone Pipeline. That was significant because it was going to bring tar sands oil out of Alberta, Canada, and take it to our Gulf Coast for shipping. Now, I know all the debate. This gets edgy. See, this energy discussion gets really, really edgy because everybody's been programmed that fossil fuel energy is bad and wrong. Well, do without it. Do without it for a week. Everything plastic in your house, every pharmaceutical that you take to improve your health, gone. You know, you have to ride a bicycle or walk to get wherever you're going. No airplane travel. And this podcast would not broadcast because it is powered by fossil fuels. I can't record this without electricity. And as much as we want it to be there, we have not created a viable alternative yet. I absolutely hope that we will and that we can. I believe, i get off on a tangent here. I think a lot of free energy has been suppressed by these corporations that want to keep the old paradigm in place for profit. Pluto in the latter degrees of Capricorn. Come on, you can't make this up. Nikola Tesla figured it out and published it. It's there. We just need a protest like they had last week. We need to revolt and say enough, but we haven't gotten there yet. Meanwhile, we're being fleeced, all of us, regardless of what side of the environmental issue you're on. We're all being fleeced. So we have to do the best we can until we can create the solution. And the solution will come in the next 20 years. Pluto and Aquarius, that's the window. That's the hope. That's the innovation. New discoveries, paradigm shifters. But it's not going to happen today, right now, without great pain, which I feel that we are about to experience. So one of the first things he did was to cut off an energy source that would have kept us more independent. He also used environmental laws to basically curtail new domestic oil production. And I know your politics might be very environmentally based, and you say, oh, that's great. Good riddance. Well, oil is up now 25% in just two weeks, less than two weeks, because the Saudis are going to cut production 2 million barrels per day. That's very significant. So rather than having enough of our own production that such a cut does not matter, now we are totally reliant on Saudi's shipments. Again, takes us back to the early 1970s. With very few exceptions, you all don't understand what gas lines are. I remember them clearly. I don't think we can fathom, although it's almost happening in California, $10 per gallon of gasoline. How big is your tank? 20 gallons, let's say? $200 to fill it up. I definitely think that is within strike of a large percentage of the country with this move. So here's my point. When I go to the grocery store, I still can find $3.70 per dozen eggs. Bread is definitely a couple of dollars more than it used to be. Bought some organic strawberries yesterday for the same price I would have paid six months ago. 
point is you can navigate around and find things that are basically the same price. This hyperinflation in food hasn't touched some areas. Now, some it has, but you can find brands and various different things that you can get what you had before for about the same price. That's not going to happen with energy. This is going to cause fuel to go up. Now, that affects shipping, transportation by rail, plane, train, everything, which has to be passed on to the bottom line consumer, which is you and me. So everything is going to go up, not from all this other stuff. It's going to go up because of this cut. And this administration is hell-bent on making fossil fuel energy bad and wrong. And now they've drained our reserves. Listen, I am politically neutral. I've said that on here many times. However, this is very alarming for you and me. Get ready. By the end of the weekend, gas prices are going to be significantly higher. We're at, what, $92, $93 on West Texas Intermediate Crude now, and I don't see it stopping before $100, $120, maybe even $150 on this run. Serious, folks. Watch Jupiter moving back into Pisces. I've thought, you know, this, the rest of this inflation, we could figure out ways around it. This one, we cannot. At least not without seriously curtailing our lifestyle. Now, if you own an electric vehicle or a hybrid vehicle and are in a relatively flat terrain for the electric vehicle, congratulations. The hybrid vehicle, you will have less pain at the pump. That's probably good foresight. For the rest of us, as mentioned, Jupiter returns to Pisces October 28th, which Pisces rules crude oil. That's likely to have an upward effect even as that aspect approaches over the next couple of weeks. Listen, I hope this didn't get too politically edgy. I just, I'm passionate about energy because it does drive our economy. And it seems like we're very much going the wrong direction worldwide and nationally in this area. And it's just something that we all have to take a look at. How are you going to handle $10 a gallon for gas? It could happen. All right. See you back on Monday.